Welcome to the All In Your Head podcast, where we get all in your head. We are a mental health podcast focused on anything and everything mental health. We'll have special guests ranging from mental health experts, mental health advocates, and just everyday people with real struggles. We will share laughs, we will share cries, but most importantly, we will have real conversations about mental health. So with that being said, let's get all in your head. Woohoo! I was talking to someone the other day. When we think about mental health interventions, we oftentimes just think of therapy. Yeah. And that's doing the mental health space such a disservice because there's so many things that we do that promote mental health. Mm-hmm. And therapy, mm-hmm. therapy is a piece of that, but it's not the only thing. Thank you so much for creating this podcast, the space to have this type of dialogue. And that it's because there's a lot of stigma, at least in my community, doing therapy, talking about it and things of that sort. And I feel like that's come down in the past five years, maybe the last decade where we are having these open conversations as far as mental health, especially in like the black community. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny when I was talking with someone, she asked me one of her first questions and to kind of get to know me, she was like, what do you do for fun? And I said, I run. And she mm-hmm. said, that's not fun. I was like, it is to me. She's like, no, that's meditation. And I paused and I never really thought about it in that way. And when I did that pause and took a step back, I was like, you're, she's, she's right. You know, it is an opportunity for me to be grounded. It's a time for me to have my space and my solitude. I feel like, you know, the longer the run, the more world problems I saw, <laughs> where I kind of work through things. You know, of course, the right music will hit at the right mm-hmm. time and it just sparks an idea. Also, I have these talks with, you know, the ancestors that passed before, you know, have passed away. So, you know, I feel like the spirit of my grandfather when I run or I feel, again, grounded and connected with the energy of, of nature and opportunity to get outdoors. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, do I just like being in this meditative, clear space? And I think that running does that for me. <laughs> and it does it for a lot of folks. A lot of people that I met on uh, my own personal running journey, I started running when I was eight years old. So this was always part of my life. It was part of my father's life. And, you know, it was just, it was just, it is what it is. This is life. This is DNA. <laughs> but when I started running, um, you know, my half marathons and marathons, um, you know, later on uh, in my adulthood, I've come across a lot of folks that started running when they were 30s, 40s. I was like, what's going on? And they were like, gosh, it helped me through a dark time. I was going through a divorce. I was, so everyone had this story or they lost like 60 pounds. One of my good friends, she's training for like another uh, Ironman triathlon. I saw a picture of her from 15 years ago. I'm like, this is not the same person. You lost a hundred pounds and just to see this transformation. And she was like, yeah, you know, I gained all this weight from a divorce and it was abusive. So a lot of people find a lot of solace, solace in, in, in running. And it was a time for them to recapture and to restart. You mentioned earlier in our conversation, uh, the ability to restart. And I feel mm-hmm. like individuals that take up running a little bit later in life, it was because of something. And I love hearing people's why, like, well, why did you start running at 38 years old? Or why are you training now at 45 for a marathon? What is it? And it's interesting to hear people's whys. Yeah. 
It's really, really interesting to hear that. Angel, what is your why? Why do you run? (laughs) You know, it's always hard to answer your own question sometimes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You you had to have known I was going to ask. You put it out there. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, My why changes. Okay, I'll say this. I signed up for quite a few races. And the why I sign up for these races changes with each different race. For example, I recently did the Yogada Marathon um, in June. And my why at that point was uh, when I signed up, it was about a year ago. So I signed up like eight months before the actual marathon itself. And it's always been on my radar for years. My why was because I was actually coming out of anxiety and a depressive state from losing a lot. I lost my mm-hmm. father. I uh, was seeing someone and, you know, they abruptly. So I did, it was a lot of loss mm-hmm. and I felt like I was a shell of myself and I just did not feel for a moment. I felt nothing. And I, I, I feel that. If I, if I know that I'm doing something beyond myself, I like took self out of it and started doing something bigger. I'm like, it's time for me to do something beyond myself. So it was more of a spiritual movement. Mm -hmm. And why I was attracted to Uganda is not just, it was challenging me, you know, physically for a marathon, mentally also for a marathon, (laughs) but I went from wanting to inspire people to being a like an aspiration. And when I went to Uganda, I knew that my dollars went directly to servicing those that were in dire need of help. Mm -hmm. So I did volunteerism while I was over there at Eunice Medical Center. I visited boarding schools, met with children who were refugees from Congo and the Sudan very meager conditions, but the happiest children in the world. And mm-hmm. it seeing that and just seeing like, you know, they had nothing material. They don't even, they didn't even have family. I mean, these were orphans mm-hmm. and they were the happiest children in the world. And, you know, I come back to the States and it, it grounded myself yeah. <laughs> in realizing, Hey, I may have lost my father. I may have lost someone else unexpectedly, but I have so much, and it just shows so much gratitude for what I do have. Fast forward to my why. Most recently, when I ran Chicago Marathon, at first it was to Boston qualify. Um, my legs had other plans. <laughs> I got injured. <laughs> I was tired. So I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at you getting injured. Um, but I understand <laughs> when your legs have different different ideas. I definitely understand that and can relate to that. Have you ever had trouble with disengaged patients in your group therapy sessions? Hell yeah. How about patients who can repeat most topics back verbatim but still end up back in treatment again and again? Yup. The Institute for the Advancement of Group Therapy bridges that gap. They provide training for counselors and therapists on maximizing patient engagement and recovery skill building in the group therapy setting so that patients can successfully apply what they've learned outside those four walls of therapy. Upon completion of this course, participants receive 10 NADAC accredited CEUs and official credential as a certified group therapy expert or CGTE. To learn more about this much-needed training and apply for credentialing, contact them via their website at grouptherapycertification.com or email at certification at grouptherapycertification.com. So you're, you know, like you may go into a training cycle with one set of expectations Mm -hmm. and then you come out with a different set of expectations. 
But one of those, it, it evolved into my why is because I was running with the Black Running Organization mm-hmm. in Baltimore. And many of these guys and gals, they're under 30, they're in their 20s. And I hate to say this, but, you know, the average age for a marathoner is, you know, upwards of 40, where it's an older population of runners. So to see our youth, our 22-year-olds, 24-year-olds, to step out and to conquer something so mentally and physically taxing was amazing. So I ran with them and many of them, it was their first marathon. I told them, you know, yo, you're going to be hooked after that. And sure enough, you know, on Saturday, well, tomorrow, they're doing the Baltimore Running Fest. So like six days later, they're on to their second marathon. And I'm so proud of them, even with my injury. And I, you know, like I was running poorly during the training cycle. Um, I continued with them because not because of me, I took self out of it, time out of it, but I wanted to continue their journey and be kind of like a coach and inspiration for someone for them to lean on, um, when they had questions or anything of the sort, I got certifications in, in being a run coach, just so that I could offer more advice. So again, what started off as a me journey of Mm -hmm. also qualifying ended up being more of a journey with another team to uh, help them achieve their goals. So I think now circling all the way back to what's my why and the bigger why of it all is I I feel like I get a sense of purpose mm. when I am able to give not necessarily just money or, or, but give time, give my guidance, give my resources, give something to someone so that they could improve their lives in some form of capacity. So I think that's my why. And, <laughs> and um, I, I see the health benefits. And again, health is just more than physical health is mental, emotional, spiritual. So it's, it's social. So there's so many aspects and, uh, dimensions to wellness. Yeah. And I feel that running provides that. Yeah. And so that's kind of my vehicle to be able to do. Yeah, I like that. I call that stacking and mm-hmm. I think the the more the more benefits you can stack in one activity, the better, right? So you're talking yes. about like let's talk about the stack. You're talking about physical health. Mm-hmm. You're talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. You're talking about social connection. Mm-hmm. You're talking about being outside, connecting with nature, vitamin D3 from the sun, which is also an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. You're talking about purpose. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, we could, that's like five or six. We could probably add 10 more to that, right? So you, yeah. you're you are technically doing one activity, right? Mm-hmm. But the stack just keeps building. It keeps building. And talking about this build, one thing I say is if you want to test yourself physically train for a half marathon, if you want to test yourself mentally train for a marathon, if you want to really touch yourself spiritually, <laughs> do those ultras. Mm. And I started doing ultra marathons. I yeah. started doing trail running where I'm out there for 12 hours, 24, three days. <laughs> so it's beyond the physical is beyond the mental. Like it, it takes you to this whole nother level where you are really having deep thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, having more conversations with a higher being yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and things of that sort, because again, it's not your legs and it's not just your mental that gets you through, you know, 12 hours to 24 hours of 
ongoing physical demand. It takes, it's, it's more than, yeah, some, some, some water and Gatorade will take you there. <laughs> I don't know if you're selling an ultra marathon very well. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I've, the longest I've done is a half. Just beer on course sometimes. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Some of the things that are the hardest, the hardest to do in life, you get the most benefit, right? Like, so when you, yes. like when you first say ultra marathon, I think to myself, that sounds miserable. Right. <laughs> right. Like what's fun about that? <laughs> but then as you talk about all these different elements to it and all these different benefits, mm-hmm. and now you're talking about, you know, this kind of like spiritual experience Yes. on an ultra marathon. Like I don't, I've read a half marathon. I don't think I experienced a spiritual experience. I, you know, I felt really good and it was mentally challenging, physically challenging, but I don't think it got there. So that's, that's really interesting it's only fair if I share my why as well, right? I, you Absolutely. Shared, I was about to ask. You, like, you shared yeah. yours and I kind of put <laughs> yeah. you on the spot. But, you know, for me, it's pretty simple is, you know, I struggled with depression, anxiety I, I have for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's a time that I took medicine. There's a time that I've had bad habits. Like it's, it's been a journey, right? And when I found that when I was the healthiest, and I found running when I was about 25. I play, I always played sports, but I never did like yeah. long distance running. It was always like, here, run from this pole to that pole. Because I played right, football, right. football and baseball. <laughs> so I ran my first three mile run when I, was, when I was about 25 years old. And I just started to get into this habit of running. And this is why I was also on antidepressant medication. And what I found is that running became my new antidepressant. Yeah. And... I was able to get off the depression medication. I was able to change some of my other habits and it still continues to be my medication. And when I don't run for a couple of days, I can feel it. And I'm sure you yes. can relate to that too. When you, or if you get injured, like I'm injured right now, I've injured Achilles and I haven't ran for probably two weeks and I, I feel uh, it. Ment- I feel it mentally. Mm-hmm. That's my why. And it sounds like very selfish. Well, it's partially selfish, but it's also so that I can be a better father, so I can exactly. be a better spouse, so I can be a better employee, you know, whatever it is, so I can bring the best version of myself to, to whatever to whatever I'm doing. And so there is a very selfish aspect of it, but that's that's okay because, mm-hmm. you know, we have to take care of ourselves first before we take care of others, right? And so Absolutely. there are times that I have to, there are times that I have to be selfish mm-hmm. and we have different priorities and different things going on. And I have to say, Hey, that's going to have to wait because yeah. I have a scheduled run right now. And I, I, I have to can probably relate yeah. to this. You get to, have to certain, schedule it. you get to a certain point in your life. Like you can't just say, Hmm, when am I going to run today? Exactly. You have to put it on your schedule and then you have to, you have to prioritize that just like you prioritize a work meeting, just like you prioritize yeah. a date, a date night, right? Like you, the things that are important to you just have to prioritize. And mm-hmm. I, I put it on the schedule and, I would say early in my life, I would say sports saved my life. Yeah. After sports, I would say running saved my life. It's beautiful. So Angel, you know, we've talked about the whys and we mm-hmm. both have different and related whys. And I also want to talk about this organization that you're part of, the Black Running Organization. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about what that is. Sure. It came about in the early 2010s, around 2014 or so. The marshal is Isa, and I kind of stumbled upon it when I just moved to the Washington, D.C. area, was enjoying dinner with a friend of mine in Baltimore and just sparked up a conversation with someone that was sitting next to me. 
he mentioned, hey, you're a runner. There's this run organization. It's very family oriented. I was like, okay, cool. I'm kind of new to the area. It's an opportunity to start meeting folks. When I went there, I, I quickly realized it was more than just a running organization. And I don't align myself to too many different run groups. Yeah, there's, you know, Fleet Feed and there's, you know, whatever county <laughs> run club or yeah. et cetera. There's so many run groups, but this yeah. one was different. And I think that the difference with this run group is very similar to the difference of why we may have Black girls run or Black men run or team takedown and these other organizations or these run clubs is because of the unity connection that also plays into it. So it's more than just lacing up the shoes, going out for a run and coming back. With the Black Running Organization uh, specifically, they have unity runs. So they encourage folks from young to old to come out. We honor our ancestors for those people that can't run or wish they could. So we run on their behalf and we uh, give homage to them as well. Some of these uh, individuals that were part of Black Running Organization, they started in high school when they didn't have a track program. So they didn't have, and you may know this, Jamie, or you may have experienced this, when there's not an extracurricular activity, they will find something else to do. Mm, And and in Baltimore, it's a little rough. And just last week, I, for example, it was like 1.30 in the morning, we were getting gas, about to hit the road to drive out to Chicago. And I saw kids, they were the ages of our daughters, you know, 13-ish years old, like at a corner store. I'm like, it's a school night. What are, what's going on? It's creating an opportunity, a program for children to go to if they're not football players or basketball players, a part of the chess team or STEM program. So it gave an outlet to other youth, young mm-hmm. adults to enter into the running organization. And just recently, some of them went to Chicago with me and they ran their first marathon. So it's awesome that these organizations do more than, again, just run three to six miles and then call it quits. There is definitely a social component to that. And when there's a social component, there's also a mental health component. So it gives us space to be able to conversate, to talk, to vibe with other like-minded folks that want to live a healthier lifestyle. One of my run groups, we form a book club. So we meet on a monthly basis. We dress up and do book club. So it's more than, again, just running. It's definitely, there's emotional, mental support aspect to that as well. Yeah. A phrase that you mentioned before, which I love, is you said different faces in different spaces. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. you, when you think about running and long distance mm-hmm. running, if I were to ask someone to come up with a mental image of what that looks like, they would think of a bunch of white people running, right? Yep. <laughs> what do you think that is? Gosh, when I'm going to a marathon, you see... you. <sighs> I I call us sprinkles. Like you'll see like sprinkles Mm -hmm. of us. (laughs) And many times I'm by myself running these races, you know, so you'll see a black or a brown face every so often in a sea of white or others. 
So you don't see many of us together. So another reason why, you know, we have Black men run, Black girls run, um, and the Black running organization and Team Takedown, which is another, I'll talk about that later, is that we could come together and be the new face in this new space. Mm-hmm. Also affordability. And um, there is a socioeconomic barrier to traveling to do these races. One thing that I'm trying to create or have started to create is our loop. It's an organization to help offset the cost for individuals to have these enriching experiences yeah. to travel, et cetera, et cetera. When I traveled to Big Sur, I was teamed up with a with a with a surgeon. She was a pulmonary surgeon. <laughs> when I go to when I was running in Tahoe Rim and when I was doing my ultra marathon in Lake Tahoe, I was walking aside a young uh, physician there. So there's a lot of physicians, professionals, mm. lawyers, attorneys, et cetera, et cetera, that could afford to have these experiences. And the connections and the networking that happens, I call I call marathons the new golf course because you meet so many <laughs> people <laughs> on that course. You know, you you have you have these little conversations at the 18 mile marker. You find out so much about this person. And Aren't you're you supposed to be running? Part <laughs> of question. You're right. No, I'm kidding. You're like, you're like making business connections. You're like stopping for tea. <laughs> Ultra marathons, 12 hours, 24 yeah, hours. True. You can meet some folks out there. That's true. That's true. And you get lost in the trails together. But while again, while I was traveling and, you know, I, I, uh, partner with uh, some of the other runners from not just in the U.S., but in Uganda, I was the only Black U.S. runner part of this group. I have amazing connections in the U.K. now, and I'm connected to the Uganda Marathon Foundation. So you meet so many people out there. What I was also getting at with even the organization is to get those kids from Baltimore that just Mm -hmm. graduated out of the neighborhood and having these connections and connecting them to potential opportunities and using again, running as a vehicle to get them from point A to point B. Yeah. I think you're onto something. It's so interesting what we're talking about because a lot of times people run for a cause, right? So Mm -hmm. they, so you have a bunch of people who, you know, a lot of people who run, I'm a part of the run culture our upper middle class, upper class, they can afford to right. have the, the time to train and the time to do the activity the and time the, time to to, the time to pay for and all those things, right? Exactly. And they're running for a cause. And I wonder, maybe part of the cause is getting more people to that run. Yep. Contribute to mm-hmm. that cause because the cause isn't just being at the run and you know paying for the run. I think part of the cause exactly. might be getting different people even at that run in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. You don't see people that look like me in ultra marathons. And when you do, it's far and few between. Yeah. Representation does matter. And have you ever had that uncomfortable feeling where you're different than everyone else in that room? (laughs) Yeah, not probably not as often, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. And and I want to say as a black woman, I'm in that predicament more times than not that I'm like the only person there. To the point that it becomes norm. I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to be the only person. I know how to kind of move in this space. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to like challenge everyone who watches this podcast. 
to put yourself in a situation or put yourself in an environment where you're the only one that looks like you. Put yourself purposely in, in an environment where you're the only one and see how that feels. That's how it feels sometimes being a Black woman going into these ultra marathon events. I'm the only one there. And so to have these running organizations like, again, Black Girls Run and the Black Running Organization and Team Takedown, where you're not the only one there and there is a group and it's like, yes, we do run, we do exercise. We're not this stereotype that you may see on the media. We are so much more Mm -hmm. and this is what we do. And and not just these one-offs, but here's a group of 200 folks ready to run the marathon in Alaska. Like that was dope to have 250 African-Americans in Anchorage, Alaska running the marathon and half marathon. Everyone looked like, what is going on? And it opens up that space for people to ask, hey, what's going on? And we then tell our story about health, wellness, et cetera, et cetera. It was also during Juneteenth. So they spent more time and effort in the Juneteenth events which opens up cultural education for Anchorage, Alaska. (laughs) So, you know, again, that's why it's important, but special and for, for, for there to be representation in this space. And that's another stack. Like we, we just added, we just added another (laughs) stack, right? Like all these other benefits and you are adding to representation to inactivity and modeling and also bringing other people with you, right? Exactly. And exactly. there's there's benefits to that, both for you, but also the people around you. Mm-hmm. You're part of this Black running organization. And mm-hmm. uh, there, I would imagine there might be some people that are listening that may have a question mark in their head. and And then the question mark might be, well, why do you feel like you have to have a black running organization? There's so many right. run clubs and run organizations. Why don't you just join one of those? And so how would you respond to that? It's kind of funny. Um, you'd be surprised. Many of us do join those organizations. Yeah. Um, sometimes we don't feel as welcome mm-hmm. or we have to put on a mask. We really can't show up mm. to be who we truly are. And sometimes we just want to be. Yeah. And removing the mask, removing, you know, any filters and talking in, you know, our own slang and, you know, having uh same cultural experiences and, you know, j- just sharing in that. And I have been part of other run groups and I just did not feel as welcome or connected. Yeah. It, Despite it, being as outgoing as I am. And, <laughs> I think I'm probably the most relatable person you could ever meet. And yet there were times that I did not feel a a connection that stretched beyond lacing up the shoes, running, and then coming back and getting our cars and going home. Yeah. And just to be clear, I don't feel that way, but, (laughs) but I I think it's important to just put out there, right? I am part of a culture too. And I know certain tendencies of my culture and that's to make assumptions or judgments like that. And so that's why I just wanted to be real transparent and put it out there. And, yeah. and the part that hit me about what you just said is sometimes I just want to be. I just want to be. Right? Yeah. And, that, and that, that struck me because that's a comfort that comes with that. Right. And, yeah. and especially if there's so many 
situations because that also tells me that there's so many situations and times where you feel like you just can't be right no exactly yeah that's that's very very true when you could just be your true authentic self no filter do you find yourself being more productive do you find yourself being faster do you find yourself with more mental clarity do you find yourself with less depression or less anxiety like all of that's gone and you could just truly be you. And it's a beautiful, comforting, peaceful place to be. And going back to running and, you know, how running and the conversation I had is, you know, is running is meditative, right? Yeah. And you want to be in that peaceful state. Yeah. And we could have a whole other podcast on the topic of where you you were just talking about not being able to feel like you in a lot of spaces, right? And mm-hmm. and probably and feel like you have to act a different way or put on a mask. And yeah. And that could be a whole other podcast because I'm sure that's 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 challenging. That's exhausting was the word I was it's exhausting. For. Exhausting, right? <laughs> to 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 be in spaces where you feel like you can't be your true self. Mm-hmm. The original question was why do you have to have a black running organization? And I think, you know, the people who may have that thought are people who they feel comfortable in most spaces. In most spaces, right? yeah. And so they're comfortable all the time. Exactly. And they don't need that space to mm-hmm. to go where they can be their true selves because in most spaces, mm-hmm. people accept them for their true selves. Yeah. What are some other elements of this Black running organization that you think would be important for people to know? Again, it's homage to our ancestors. It's homage to... African and and the black community it's honoring our culture and our heritage mm-hmm. um it's honoring family um i can't stress upon family uh essence there it's pushing each other towards excellence minimizing the excuses minimizing the complaints i always believe complaint comes in your mind you better follow up with three things that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's what they're about. There is no age range. So we do have, you know, the young runners at six years old. And then we have, you know, our elders that we respect at, you know, 60 years old. And we take the knowledge from up and down and respect that. So there's education across generations as well. They also have programs related to wellness within the back community. I was mm-hmm. part of a wellness documentary at Morgan State University representing the Black Running Organization about the culture of wellness and Mm. um, especially more so in the Baltimore community but I feel like Baltimore is a microcosm of the U.S. (laughs) so it's more than just you know training for a half marathon it's definitely stretched within the community. Yeah Mm. sounds sounds like a great organization. What cool runs you got coming up? What uh, what you, what you sure. got coming up in the next six months or year? And I even say year because I know sometimes you even have to plan out a year. And I do. I feel like I every time I see you, you're you're every weekend. I feel like you're filled up with the runs. <laughs> so, what you got coming up? Sure thing. So literally tomorrow, I'll be doing uh, the Baltimore Running Festival. You know, I always do a turkey trot with my mom. So talking about running saved uh, your life. My mom says running saved her life. Mm. Um, I I have some more races coming up in next year, but I wanted to touch on this. My mom asked me, this was about three and a half years ago. She was like, Angel, 
you do all these cool run trips. I want to join. I was like, no. <laughs> and she said, why? I was like, because you're not a runner. And she said, to heck with that. After 40 years of smoking, like chain smoking one after another, she stopped cold turkey. I've been trying to get that woman to stop smoking for <laughs> years. She stopped wow. cold turkey and started running 5Ks, 5Ks, 5Ks. Wow. Um, so she's about three years into it. And uh, she was just honored by the Toledo Roadrunners Association for her achievements. She's wow. getting PR. She's <laughs> winning her age group now. Like she is hooked. This is a woman that was a chain smoker for 40 years <laughs> and she stopped and this is her life. That's and, and I'm happy that she did this before uh, COVID yeah. because um, I feel that if, uh, respiratory infections or mm. or the pneumonia that she had. I feel that if she was still smoking and not running, she could have been very similar to my father. My father passed away from uh, COVID. He also had cancer, but mm. he passed away from COVID. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, I could not imagine losing two parents during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Now going back to some of my more runs. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's... <laughs> It was worth taking a break because I think someone out there needed to hear yeah. that. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm doing uh, one one major race that I'm doing, um, talking about representation in this space. I'm with a large group doing uh, the Summit to Montgomery. So we're redoing the 51 mile track, um, the civil rights uh, march from Selma to Montgomery. And it's a relay race, bikers, runners, et cetera. But there's nine women that, including myself, we're tackling all 51 miles solo. Mm. So I'll be doing a 51 miler alongside my sisters <laughs> who are also doing 51 miles from start to finish. That's a very unique run. The yeah. Sama to Montgomery run. Mm -hmm. When is that? Just in case there's someone listening, they're like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Sure. Well, when is it's that? Or maybe how could they find out more about that? Sure thing. Um, my Instagram is angel in bird, B-Y-R-D. Anyone could get in touch with me through Instagram or Facebook, Angelique.bird1. But some of whom Montgomery, I believe that is the second to last week in March. Okay. Yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. And then Thank as far as, that. yeah, as far as the Black Running Organization, how can people find out more <laughs> about that and also support that group? Because it sounds like it's an amazing group doing some really it's cool work. It's a great nonprofit organization. Yeah. So how yes. can they how can they support that or find out more about the Black Running Organization? Sure. Uh, their Instagram is blkrun.org. There is a link there to support them. But again, it's Black Running Organization. Instagram, again, it's blkrun.org. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Angel. Thank you for being on the show. Keep on Absolutely. <laughs> got me motivated now. Appreciate you being in this space. Thank you. Because it takes a lot of courage, you know, to be in that space. And I want to I want to recognize that and, and, and acknowledge that. So thank you for being in the space. And also thank you for being on the show and just talking about running and the benefits of running and and really how running and exercise mm -hmm. can benefit everyone. And so I appreciate yes. you sharing your sharing your story and also your journey of running. Thank you also for inviting me to create this space. You have just listened to the All In Your Head podcast. 
Learn more by following Jamie Glick on LinkedIn or by subscribing to the Mental Health Training Camp YouTube channel. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call now or text 988 to get connected to free confidential support. Thanks for listening.